At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Hey everyone, it's Ted from Consumer Cellular, the guy in the orange sweater, and this is your wake-up call. If you're paying too much for wireless service, you don't have to keep having that nightmare. Consumer Cellular has the same fast, reliable coverage as the leading carriers for less. And for a limited time, new customers receive their second month free when they sign up and use promo code MONTHFREE by May 31st. So why keep spending more than you have to? Seriously, wake up and call 1-888-FREEDOM or visit ConsumerCellular.com. Taxes, fees, and other third-party charges will apply. See website for additional details. You know that feeling when you walk into your home, take a deep breath, and feel new? Well, that's what it's like to use Clorox Sentiva. Because Clorox Sentiva smells like coconut, cleans like Clorox, and feels like energy. It'll elevate any cleaning routine to not just clean, but also make every room smell like a tropical coconut getaway. Discover how Clorox Sentiva's powerful clean and refreshing scents can transform your space. Get yours in coconut or other fabulous scents at a nearby retail store. Welcome to another edition of the Hornets Hivecast, your daily podcast with all the notes, quotes, and daily buzz around your favorite NBA team, the Charlotte Hornets. I'm Sam Farber, and it is a pleasure and a privilege to have you with us here once again. Sadly, though, it's another Silver Linings edition of the Hornets Hivecast. We'll break down the team's 123-110 to loss against the Chicago Bulls. We'll review the Silver Linings and talk about the biggest Silver Lining of the day. In fact, it should have been the headline of the game no matter what. It was Empowerment Night presented by Bank of America at Spectrum Center. We're going to talk all about the team's first ever innovation summit and how you can be a part of the process in awarding one lucky company in our general Charlotte area with a $15,000 investment from the Charlotte Hornets Foundation. To help me do all of this, welcoming back to the HHC, Matt Carroll, the Hornets Director of Player Programs and a Charlotte NBA alumni. Matt, thanks so much for the time. You got it, Sam. Happy to be here. Well, unfortunately, it's another losing addition here on the Hornets Hivecast team falling 123 to 110. It's their fourth straight loss, drops them to six and nine. The headline coming in was five days off. And I, I am coming from the college ranks, so to speak, in broadcasting, where five days off is kind of a norm. In the NBA, I did not realize how much of an eternity that was going to feel like. It felt like a very long time off, and it seemed to show a bit in terms of some rust on the Hornets. Yeah, it is a long time in the NBA, and that's quite different than college, I would agree. But to give you a perspective here, Sam, you know, when I was playing, and this wasn't that long ago, this is within the 10 years, we had an all-star break that was only four days long. So our longest break in the NBA season was the all-star break that lasted at a maximum four days off. So to have five days off from games in what we would call the beginning of the season is pretty rare for any <laughs> NBA player to experience or team. That's a good way to put it into perspective. Uh, the team 
we thought would benefit from the added practice time, whether that was getting Cody Zeller back into the fold after coming off a, a pretty basically a month long absence due to the broken hand, or just incorporating more offensive sets in for Lamelo Ball, who I'll keep saying it three months ago he did not know what team he was going to be on, so he's had very little time to adjust to his new teammates, and yet it just wasn't there. The Hornets had one of their weaker assist performances on the season, twenty two assists. It didn't look quite right out there offensively for Charlotte, and uh, it shows in the result, a 13-point loss where really it felt a lot more lopsided than that final score indicates. Yeah, I'd have to agree. You know, I'll say this, you know, the Hornets had a a very good week of practice. You know, they had a chance, as you mentioned, to work in a lot of offensive sets, fine-tune some things, but it's hard to get a rhythm, you know, where you're not really playing games and you have this many days off from actual game and the the sense of urgency that, you know, you have to play with in a normal game, it's likely you're going to come out and be a little rusty. And there were some good individual performances, but I think overall the Hornets, you know, were a little rusty, you know, probably just from having five days off from actual game experiences. And even though they were able to make some progress in practice, and I think that will show up later in maybe the next couple games, but during this game there definitely was some rust, probably because of the layoff. We'll get to some of the silver linings in a moment, but want to focus on two big stat lines that stand out in a negative way for the Hornets and get your take on why they happen that way. The first one is second chance points. When you look at the rebounding numbers, it was statistically speaking a tie. Each team had 44. The Bulls did have four more offensive rebounds than the Hornets. Decent advantage, but where it really showed up was second chance points. Bulls had 18 second chance points to the Hornets six. So not only was Chicago making more of their second chance opportunities, but it felt like the Hornets would constantly just reset into the offense and not get the payoff for the hard work on the offensive glass. And in a 13-point loss to be down 12 points in any single category, you, you can basically say that was the game. So tell me why or why not second-chance points was the game. Yeah, I think it was, it was just a challenge, you know, for the Hornets. You know, I think obviously one other part they had a trouble with is just turnovers. You know, just we talked about maybe having a little rust to shake off and Guys just weren't quite in sync like we've seen in previous games. And, you know, balls coming off, you're getting offensive rebounds, you're just not able to finish some of those plays and, and give credit to, to the Bulls. The Bulls are a, they're, they're a strong team. They played big. And I think having Cody Zeller back in the lineup was definitely an advantage and it gives us, you know, more size. But the Hornets have played undersized without Cody in the lineup for, for quite some time, you know. And I think for Cody, too, Cody, you could tell. He hasn't played in many weeks, so he's got some rust to shake off also. But I just think overall it was a challenge, you know, on the glass. And, and Chicago's a athletic team. They're long at a lot of different positions, and it made it tough for the Hornets. Turnovers was my other one. The team committed 20 turnovers. I thought that Chicago had a decent strategy of saying, we're going to limit the playmaking opportunities. They kind of stayed home defensively. They had a, a, a zone essentially sagging in. They made the Hornets make a lot of tough shots over people that were in the way in the basket and just took away some of those playmaking opportunities for guys in particular like LaMelo or a Devontae Graham. Graham ends up with six assists, which is you know right around his season average, but uh, much like when you see an elite scorer score 20 points and say, man, that was a tough 20 points to get. This was a tough night to find six assists for the Hornets. The ball just uh, did not have a whole lot of places to go. Yeah, it really was, and I, I think you know to put it in simple terms, I mean, at the end of the day, the Hornets really just didn't make shots. They're much more capable of knocking down three-point shots, and tonight as a group collectively, the ball just was not falling through the net easily, and I think 
that's why it's tough for guys like Lamelo to find the assist. Even though they're 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 making plays for guys, they just weren't making their shots. And you know, I don't want to blame everything on a couple of days off, but you know, just you know, five days off of trying to have that game rhythm, it can affect you in a negative way. And I think tonight we saw it just because the ball was just not going through the hoop. First time really his entire career we've seen LaMelo Ball have an off night, but he kind of did. Seven points, five turnovers. He was a minus 15 in the plus-minus column, and his normal running mate, that Airbnb combo, Miles Bridges, did not attempt a field goal on the game. He did pull down seven rebounds, but he also had four turnovers. Here's what head coach James Borrego had to say about the bench production after the game. Those two guys have to be better for us. They, they energize our bench. You know, winning the bench every night's a, a big key for us. Obviously, we did not do that tonight. I thought their bench was fantastic. They kicked our tail, uh, our starters, our bench. Uh, we need Miles and Lamelo to play better. Matt, your takeaway from Ball and Bridges in particular and the bench as a whole? Yeah, I, I think number one, you know, for the Hornets to be successful, they got to get production from the bench. And, and that's something they have had in the beginning part of the season with Lamelo, with Miles especially, getting off to a great start to the season. Tonight, we didn't have quite the production. I think tonight, you know, talking about Lamelo, just some uncharacteristic passes and turnovers and just didn't seem in sync. You know, a lot of the plays that he was finishing and completing, Cody Zeller, you know, wasn't catching some today. Maybe he wasn't ready for him because he hasn't played in a while. He hasn't played with Lamelo in a while, really, you know, so. You know, I think it was just a little bit of a disconnect, a little bit out of sync, which I think I would credit some of those turnovers and the lack of production to LaMelo. And I think with Miles, he just never got in a rhythm tonight. You know, Miles has found his uh, spots in the floor previously where he'd catch and shoot, knock down threes, you know, get some lobs. But tonight they just weren't there. And maybe you got to give some credit to the Chicago Bulls defensively taking that away from the Hornets and just limiting any of those opportunities for Miles and the Hornets bench. Tonight was a tougher one for the Hornets, but there will be many, many, many great ones that have already happened and many, many ahead as well. And we want you to be a part of all of them. Season ticket packages for the 2021-2022 season are available, and you can guarantee your price right now. For more information, call 704-HORNETS or visit hornets.com to live chat with a season ticket representative. Hornets Director of Player Programs, Matt Carroll, my guest today here on the Hornets Hivecast. Charlotte falling 123-110 to to the Chicago Bulls. We hate to do it, but we must have a Silver Linings edition of the Hornets Hivecast. Time to hand out some Silver Linings. Matt, I'll let you go first. Who gets your Silver Lining for the night? You know, I'm going to have to go with Devontae Graham tonight, although I would like to give two. If I had to give two, I would go to Gordon Hayward. But let's start with Devontae. You can't steal all uh, my silver know. linings, Matt. You can't take them all. <laughs> You're right. I'm being selfish. I'll save one for you. Let's start with Devontae. I've been waiting for Devontae Graham to just catch his stride. You know, after watching Devontae last season perform at such a high level, shoot among the best shooters in the world, and it just hasn't clicked for him early in the season. And I I feel like it's going to happen, and tonight I felt like he was Devontae of last season. And so maybe it's just the start of things to come for him. I hope it is. You know, seeing him put all the extra time and effort in before and after practice. You know he can do it. You know he has the ability. He did it last year. Tonight he looked like Devontae that we know. You know, he was making his threes. He was getting into the lane. He was being really aggressive. Had a great presence with the basketball. He was the leader out on the court tonight with the basketball. And I was just very impressed with his play tonight. Had a season-high 24 points. That's back-to-back games of 20 or more for Devontae Graham. Devontae Graham dribbling left. He's left alone. He'll fire up the three. It's good. 
Bad decision. Don't leave Devontae alone. That's a lesson for the rest of the NBA. Don't leave Devontae alone. Let me ask you this. You know, the narrative after the slow start shooting-wise for Devontae from a lot of people on Twitter, and we try not to listen to all of them, but they were chiming in that the change needed to be made, that LaMelo Ball needed to start, and that Devontae, who had started slowly shooting but was having great assist numbers, uh, should go to the bench. My position on it always was, for this team to be good, both those players need to play prominent roles, and they were. So there, there was no reason to further, for lack of a better word, torment Devontae Graham. I almost feel like there's more of an argument to be made now to, if you want to make the change, and I trust James Borrego and the staff implicitly here, they they know the team better than anyone, but I feel like it would be easier to make a change now that Devontae is shooting well than earlier because there wouldn't be the, the penalty of potentially Devontae having a harder time getting out of his funk, getting moved to the bench. If anything, it would make it easier for him to lead the second unit, be the spark plug, and inevitably, they're all playing 30 minutes a game. They're going to be out there together. It's just when and where do those spots happen? I think that's a good argument. As you mentioned, you don't want to just say, hey, Devontae, we're going to have you come off the bench, take you out of that starting role when your confidence is low. You know, coming off the game when he's had a season high, confidence is high, maybe he's kind of finding his rhythm now, and uh, th- this would probably be a better time to, to do that and a lot easier conversation for Coach Brago and the staff to have with Devontae if that would happen. Now, I do think there is a benefit of having someone come off the bench that provides a lot of scoring. We talked about bench scoring, how important that is. You know, Devontae, when he's playing the way he did tonight, shooting the ball, making his mid-range shots, getting to the rim, he can be that, you know, six-man scorer coming into the game. And, uh, you know, LaMelo's more of a pass-first player, as we're finding out. And I don't think that's a, a bad idea. I don't know when that will happen or if it will happen, but I think, as you said, Sam, it's, a, it's probably a better time to do it when Devontae's confidence is high and he's playing well. Time now for my silver lining. You alluded it to it before. Driving. Gordon Hayward laying. Yes, plus the foul. And one opportunity for Gordon Hayward, who's had a spectacular quarter. That's 16 and counting. He would end up making the free throw. He ends up with 34 points on the game, leads the team in scoring. He's playing at an all-star level right now. But after the game, head coach James Borrego had this to say about you know the, the team maybe relying too heavily on Gordon Hayward. To be a good team, to say, Gordon, go save us every single night from start to finish, that's not, that's not a good ball club. That's not, that's not what we're looking for. Other guys got to step up and play better. Gordon Hayward's had a couple of games this year, Matt, where he seems to have recognized that the team needs me to, you know, put the pedal to the metal here and look for my own shot more. And he did that tonight. The team needed him to keep a fighting chance in this one. But what are your takeaways from Gordon Hayward's individual performance and how his teammates were playing around him? Was it, as Coach said, that everyone was maybe looking too much on the former All-Star? Well, I mean, listen, Gordon, Gordon is the best player in the team. You know, uh, he's a leading scorer, and they're going to count on him to do that every night, as they should. But, you know, he does need more help. You know, he's not going to be able to put the cape on and, and just win games every night. It's got to be a total team effort, you know, to win games in NBA for this Hornets team. But, you know, Gordon, I mean, he was he was really impressive. You know, I've been extremely impressed with him as, as a player and, and just what he's able to do offensively. You talk about a guy that is a complete player. He is the definition of that. I mean, he is a wing scorer that can create plays for others. He can get in the lane. His mid-range game is maybe one of the best in the NBA. He can make threes. He can get to the rim. He makes free throws. He gets to the line. 
I mean, there's really no weakness in Gordon Hayward's offensive game, but that's why he's one of the best players. You know, that's why he's one of the top players in the NBA and definitely the top player on the Hornets. So I think you look at him as to be that guy every night. But to Coach Brago's point, you know, it's just the, the league's too good. You need more help than just that to, to win games. And maybe one of the toughest parts for it is, you know, Gordon Hayward, for a lot of those buckets down the stretch, he'd have to go through two or three defenders to get to the cup, which probably means that someone else is open. And when you look at the team shooting from three as a whole, they were 21% from three. But when you remove Devontae Graham and Gordon Hayward from that equation, the team made one three out of 16 attempts. So even if Gordon Hayward doesn't want to put the cape on and wants to share some of the load, the team just wasn't there from a scoring perspective last night. Yeah, no, that's, that's, that's a great point. I mean, they just weren't making shots. And then this is a Hornets team that's had some, you know, impressive games as far as making threes and knocking them down and everything else. And tonight was just a game where the ball was not falling for them. You know, I mean, despite Gordon and Devante, everyone else just had trouble scoring the basketball. And it wasn't like they weren't getting good looks. They had good looks. They just didn't go down. Hornets definitely struggled to score on this one outside of Gordon Hayward and Devontae Graham. And we have to settle for silver linings. Last question on the game because we do want to talk about empowerment night and all of the great initiatives that the Hornets are working on. Do you feel now at four straight losses, this is a troubling sign for what's to come for the team? How do you read after this latest loss? No, I don't think this is time to panic. You know, I think it's four straight losses, obviously, which doesn't sound good. But, you know, I think the Hornets can go down to Orlando. you got two back-to-back games. They can win both of those. Very winnable. So, no, it's not panic time. And I think if they made a few more shots tonight, they would have been right in this game to the end and have a chance to, to beat the Bulls. So, no, I, I think they're okay right now. Uh, this is not time to panic. And I think they're able to, you know, fight their way out of it, but just got to play better than they did tonight. The game against Chicago was also Empowerment Night, presented by Bank of America, which focused on raising awareness around economic mobility. Visit the Hornets app and Hornets social media outlets to learn more about local efforts and how you can participate. And if you don't have it already, you might want to download the Hornets app onto your mobile device for access to all new features and exclusive content. You also don't want to miss the new game day experiences for every game this season, giving you information and digital activations available only through the Hornets app. Pass stolen away by Terry Rozier. Rozier in the front court. Rozier with the dunk over the defender. Gotta get framed. The Hornets' biggest highlight of the night, courtesy of Terry Rozier, who otherwise uh, had a tough time shooting the basketball. He ends up four for twelve overall, one for six from three, only ten points. But he does have that big highlight, which I would suspect is going to make top 10. And, uh, you know, he, he continues to put people on posters. Matt Carroll, Director of Player Programs, here with us from the Hornets on this edition of the Hornets Hivecast. And outside of that dunk, and maybe even including that dunk, biggest positive from last night was that it was Empowerment Night. And the Hornets continuing to push their social justice platform, which was just introduced on Monday on Martin Luther King Day, attacking a couple of things, most notably economic mobility, which is the likelihood that a child born into poverty in Charlotte has a greater chance of remaining impoverished as they get older than any other major city in the U.S. That's based off a 2014 Harvard study. It's something the Hornets have recognized and are trying to combat. Matt, you've worked with this organization for a long time. You've seen how they've attacked different initiatives over the years. What is your takeaway from what we've seen launched this week and highlighted last night on Empowerment Night? 
I think it's fantastic. You know, I, you know, I've been a part of this organization, obviously as a player, and then you know, post career. Uh, you know, early on, Sam, I worked as a community ambassador my first couple years after retiring from playing, and to to just see what the Hornets have done in the community, the impact they have had, I think is just phenomenal. You know, and I think it starts at the top. You know, Michael Jordan has taken such a strong stance and in, in wanting to give back to the Charlotte community, wanting to make a difference. I mean, you looked at what he's done as far as the, the, the amount of, you know, financial investment he's made, but, you know, just getting people to really care, to open their eyes, you know, where is their need? Where can we make things better in this city, in this community? And the Hornets have, have done such a good job. And I think it's trickled down to the team and the players. And you have a, a group of players here that really care, you know, to, to make a difference. And we all know what this year has been like, you know, through 2020 and the challenges and you know as far as making a difference in these communities this is something that the players feel very passionate about and hearing them talk about it and finding ways that they can make a difference you know with their time with their efforts with their platform I think it's only going to keep getting better you know as they do it on their own as they do it you know within the organization and uh, I'm, I'm excited really excited about it one way the hornets are trying to help juice economic mobility and create more opportunities for those born into poverty in the Queen City and the surrounding area is the first ever Innovation Summit. This is uh, intended to help increase social and financial capital around some local companies. The benchmark is it has to be a business or group located within 150 miles of Spectrum Center that is at least 51% operated and controlled by minority group members. These groups can submit video pitches to the Hornet through hornets.com slash innovation summit they send in a one minute video and these pitches will be graded by different members of the hornets organization as well as our fans to move on through the rounds five finalists will finally make it to a live webinar in march and one lucky pitch is going to receive fifteen thousand dollars in investment from the charlotte hornets foundation the simpler way to describe it Think of this as the Hornets local edition of Shark Tank. So any business that has a desire to send their pitch out there and either just get the attention through the Hornets social media, you can get that benefit, plus perhaps the cash benefit as well. Matt, are you a big Shark Tank fan and are you more of a Mr. Wonderful? What type of judge would you be? I'll tell you what, I, I got to go with, with Mark Cuban. You know, I played with the Dallas Mavericks in my playing days, so... Got to know Mark very well, and so big fan of his. And, and yeah, I love the show. I think it's great. My family enjoys watching it. Creative. It's unpredictable. So, yeah, I'm, I'm all in for the Shark Take. I think that's a great idea. He's definitely the uh, big-hearted guy, but no nonsense. He is not taking nonsense from any uh, people providing the pitches. So we hope that a lot of people are going to take the opportunity to send in their pitch. Hopefully, they'll be the winning one. But really, anyone who gets involved has a chance to be a winner because you know the Hornet social media platforms have a million followers each. So just by putting those videos out there, if you catch the right people's eyes, you might get more than the $15,000 investment just based off that kind of publicity. So uh, hopefully, a lot lot of different organizations will take advantage of the opportunity. Send in your pitches. For more information, go to hornets.com slash innovation dash summit. That's going to do it for this edition of the Hornets Hivecast. Matt Carroll, thanks so much for joining us, and we're hoping for a win next time uh, we have you on to talk about. We sure are. Always fun, Sam. Thank you. And for Matt Carroll and everyone here at the Hornets, I'm Sam Farber saying it's been a pleasure and a privilege having you with us once again. We will talk to you tomorrow with a preview of Game 1 against Orlando on a brand new edition of the Hornets Hivecast.